The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name is Kent Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's the Monday edition. Normally, that means mailbag. Doing things a little bit different today. It's kind of a big day for us over here at Arrowhead Pride here with the AP Nerd Squad and our pal Jake. Uh, today is the release day of the Casey Draft Guide. Uh, it's something we've been working on for six months now. Uh, <laughs> that's not a joke. Uh, and today is release day. We could not be more excited about how it turned out. Uh, here to help me talk about all kinds of stuff. Sammy Watkins, D-Rob, all that good stuff and, and more. My dear pal, first find him on Twitter at... Chief in Carolina, Maddie Lane, happy release day to you, my friend. Oh, thank you, Kent. We've been, we've been waiting roughly 365 days to do this. And then uh, <laughs> starting tomorrow, we'll be waiting 365 days for the next one. No, it, it's nice. I'm glad this is getting out there to everybody. We get tons of questions about the draft because we obviously love talking about it. And we love getting all this stuff out there for you guys. We are glad that everyone can finally get their eyes on it. See for themselves some of the stuff that we've been talking about. It's make easier to make connections when you get to see this stuff with your own eyes. So we're super happy that it gets out out to you guys please leave us some five-star reviews let us know what you think if you think the draft guide is rubbish okay leave us a five-star review and tell us why it's rubbish <laughs> if you love it you can leave a five-star review and tell us why it's great i mean i think it's a perfect deal right craig yeah no that's that's a perfect deal release day is a very apt term for today yeah. it just it, it feels <laughs> like the pressure is just completely gone guys the pressure was so far off and I didn't want to talk draft anymore or anything like that because it was just nose to the grindstone for so many weeks. I watched some 2021 prospects last night. I <laughs> literally did. So I, that's how much pressure was off. But we are here to talk about the 2020 draft. We're going to talk about some stuff today. Let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, first off, we're going to we're going to give away some guys, but a little bit differently. Uh, we're going to like... Because what happens is we normally give away a guide, you know, on the show, and it's gone like within thirty seconds. Let's do this. We're gonna give away five discounts, deep discounts, fifty percent discounts on the guide to give maybe a few more people who have met. You have to put a little bit of skin in the game, but you're getting it for like really, really cheap, and like we're giving more people an opportunity. So go to gum.co/slash/kcdraftguide2020. And type in Sammy Watkins nickname, and you'll get fifty percent off the guide. Uh, and there's we, we, sev- we handed out several of those. So there's several of those available. We're trying to hook some people up with 
me, you know, maybe a deep discount on the guide. We're not, we're so excited that it's release day, um, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. Uh, but we we did have an email, really cool email from someone. Uh, at eight, uh, so if you ever want to talk to us, apnerdsquad at gmail dot com. George uh, Aussie Chief, he 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 writes, dear team. My fiance and I were meant to get married last week, but we had to postpone the wedding because of everything that is going on. To brighten our day, my sister created a video where she had stitched together well wishes from all of our family and friends. We were watching this video when all of a sudden it flicked to someone who I didn't recognize as a friend, but looked vaguely familiar. It was McCole Hardman. (laughs) He had sent through his own short video message saying that he was sorry uh, he heard uh, we had to postpone the wedding. It was unbelievable. In these difficult times, I thought you guys might appreciate this good news story. McCole is a, a clearly a classy guy. And I thought by sharing this story with you, he might get some of the recognition he deserves. Uh, now for a related question about my guy. How does the return of Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson affect McCole's role in 2020, Maddie? Well, unfortunately, I mean, that's a great story. That's awesome, McCole Hardman. I think during this quarantine stuff, too, he's done a good job reaching out on social media to Chiefs fans, just been interacting with people. So he's been great in this just kind of being very open and available to Chiefs fans, which is always nice to see from an athlete. And clearly he cares kind of what people are going through. I have a damper that a little bit as we talk about football. I think the decision to bring back both Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins, and neither one of them are completely cheap. Like Demarcus Robinson doesn't count a ton against the cap because of how they went about signing him, but they are st- he's getting a solid chunk of change to come back to the Chiefs. Sammy Watkins took a pay cut, but he's still making plenty of money. The Chiefs wanted to pay receivers to come back. They're clearly on one-year deals, so these guys are just here for one more season. As the Chiefs look like they're going all in to repeat, they feel like they need some talent at wide receiver, the guys that are ready to play right now. I think that just means McCole Hardman's role is about the same as what we saw last year, which I know is going to disappoint some fans who love his explosive ability. Uh, George, hit me up on Twitter. I'll get you a free guide. Uh, congratulations to you and your fiance on your soon marriage. Uh, I, I hope you get a chance to do that pretty quick, but congratulations. Just hit me up on Twitter. If not, I'll try to use the, the email you sent. Okay. We got a couple five-star review questions too. Tuck Hag asks, please list the prospects in this year's draft with your highest deviations with respect to your evaluations. It seems like you guys agree on most of the guys. So maybe name a couple that one or two of you have ranked higher than the others. Okay. This is fun. <laughs> Lukeman Barku out of San Diego State. Oh Listen, Luke Barku, Maddie and I disagree on Luke Barku. He's a long guy. He's got fantastic ball skills. He led the NCAA in interceptions last year and had a ton of PBUs over the last two years. He has a lot of refinement to do. I don't think that he's some sort of top 50 player, but Maddie and I disagree. He thinks that he's undraftable, I believe. Uh, I, I may be putting words into his mouth here, but I think that he's probably a guy that you take a shot on in the middle of day three. Our gap on Lukeman Barco actually isn't that high. I think Craig just likes his strengths a lot more than I do. 
because yeah, when I watch him, I just saw a lot more rigid hips. A guy that just clearly not even had no clue how to play the position, but just simply wasn't good at what he did. The only thing that I thought he was really good at was playing the ball, which he is good at. I just didn't see a lot of just traits I loved besides that. But in reality, our grade isn't that far off. I think it, you have him as a fourth rounder and I have him as a fifth yeah. rounder. So, we're, you know, we're not okay. that far yeah. off. Now, the biggest one, let's talk biggest one here, Amik Robinson. <laughs> the stud defensive back out of Louisiana Tech. Listen, this guy's a small dude. He's like five foot nine, very small wingspan, although his arm length actually is longer than Damon mm-hmm. Arnett's for you uh, Ohio State fans out there. So, you know, he's That's got not hard. That, <laughs> he's got length that almost plays in the NFL. He's rather short. He will never play outside corner in the NFL. He's going to play in the slot. And I think he's going to move to safety. He kind of has that feisty dog type mentality to him. I just see a lot of skills that I think that translate to a longtime NFL player just in terms of his feistiness, his ability to come downhill, be physical, and his his mirroring skills to play slot defensive back in the NFL. I think he's got a little bit of versatility, but I just mostly do see him as a good slot cornerback in the NFL slash safety that has some physicality to his game. For, for what it's worth, put Amik Robertson at safety, and I like Amik Robertson a lot. You put him at corner. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to take this opportunity because it's kind of a prime time. I don't think we've talked about it. But every year, there's a few players that we all use to kind of troll each other. Like, <laughs> there's a strong opinion about that player. Um, so, last year, it was be- me getting viciously attacked about Dexter Williams. Dexter uh, Because Williams. all he does is score touchdowns. Because yep. he finished every run at the Senior Bowl. Finished it. And then Jalen Ferguson, I had no love for because he literally had an embarrassing three cone time, uh, and so they that you have still were, yet to beat. We're able to. <laughs> I'll. We'll, we need to get that set up. This year, Craig's getting trolled a lot more, and it's really fun. Amik Robertson's one of them, and like I like Amik Robertson just fine, but I made him one of my guys in the Casey Draft Guide just to troll Craig. A my guy is like we basically put these stamps on. We each pick ten players that like we just love, and maybe we're higher on than other people or what have you. I put a my guy on Amik Robertson just to troll Craig. There's also Logan Wilson, the linebacker out of Wyoming. Craig's a little bit lower on him than me and Maddie are, uh, and then. There's Kenny Willick is the defensive end out of Michigan State because I just I his whole aura is annoying to me and they love to troll me about it. I just realized this. We trolled you about Dex TD year last year because he finished runs. We're trolling you about (laughs) Kenny Willickis because he finishes every rep at the same speed that he starts it. You know who else finishes all the reps? Small school players. This is why I can't hate small school players. He I don't hates hate effort. He players. hates energy. He hates finishers. I hate I hate hustle. I think I just hate hustle in general. Like Kenny Wilkes is going to be the guy on the sidelines of an NFL team telling people to stand behind the line. Like, make sure you stay back. He's the stay back guy for the team. He's the he's the policeman on because he's on the sidelines because he's not good enough either. Very by the way. valuable role in the NFL, the stay back guy. <laughs> there's a there's a video of him showing his pliability in a in an empty gym to like Fort Minor. The man the man does a mean cartwheel. You you stop. It's, it's wild. You gotta find it. 
Maddie, pin it to your profile. Um, uh, <laughs> Nate, 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 sixty nine fifty asks, loves the show or loves the show. Native of Texas, but my family moved from Missouri before I was born, but raised the right way to be a Chiefs fan. Uh, okay, draft question. Let's pretend the top two options at cornerback and linebacker are gone. Which way do we go in the draft with our first pick, offensive line or defensive line? I think this, it, it may not even be offensive line or defensive line. Like if they don't like the options at cornerback and linebacker, it could be O-line, it could be D-line. If they took a receiver, if a receiver fell, I wouldn't be stunned. If they took a safety, I wouldn't be stunned. Like we keep talking about this, but like, I think the first round is wide open for the Chiefs. Like they really could, if they wanted to let value fall to them and just take like a, almost take a best player available. It's it's very much in the realm of possibility that that happens. Absolutely. And I think if you're only looking at like the top two options at both cornerback and linebacker, you're still going to have probably somebody, a Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen, assuming Isaiah Simmons is a linebacker, you're going to have kind of your choice of a cornerback. So like, I think you can still get value at cornerback or linebacker at the end of the first round. But let's say that all, you know, all the guys you like are gone. Like Kent said, I think it's pretty wide open. If you see, you know, four corners off the board and three linebackers, there's a very good chance a good wide receiver or one of the best safeties maybe one of the top kind of defensive ends, a Yeter Gross Matos or an AJ Epinesa are available. So like you're going to have options no matter what. It's just a matter of, do you see a value in staying there? Or do you want to trade back if you lose the corners and the linebackers that are there? Yeah, I, I just, I think that CB3 is still excellent in this draft. And linebacker three, I still think is excellent in the draft. You stick with the positions there. I think those are the ones that make the biggest impact. I'll hear offensive linemen. I will hear offensive linemen. But I think that those two are the positions that make the biggest impact. Go get yourself some talent at that, those positions because, frankly, they've been lacking talent. They've been lacking speed. They've been lacking athleticism. You don't get those kind of guys in the later rounds that can come in and play immediately. So go upgrade your position groups. All right, we're gonna be we're gonna take a break. We're gonna discuss Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, all that good stuff. Maybe a little Ricky Seals Jones. Uh yeah, baby. Uh, right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, we had some news this week, uh, and it's it's pretty exciting because there really hasn't been much of that lately. And since the last time we've had an AP lab, Demarcus Robinson's back, Sammy Watkins is back, 
uh, on a restructure. And the Chiefs got Ricky Seals-Jones. So there's a lot of good stuff there. Let's talk first about Sammy Watkins. Uh, he has renegotiated his deal to stay in Kansas City. Uh, a lot of not likely to be earned incentives. And if you don't know what not, not likely to be earned incentives are, basically they take um, what happened last year and you they, they build projections and bonuses based off that. So if... Sammy Watkins had like Sammy Watkins had like what five six hundred yards receiving last year. If he gets eight hundred and twenty five receiving yards, I believe he's going to get a, a nice little bonus. And they have all these different bonuses based on that. They're all not likely to be earned, which means they don't count on this year's salary cap. They would count forward in next year's in next year's. Um, so it's restructured to create a little bit more flexibility for the Chiefs, uh, and I think it's a pretty nice deal for the Chiefs, Craig. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good deal for the Chiefs. They save $5 million against the cap, like you said there. But I I think it gives the stability that Andy needs in an offseason where there's going to be a bunch of teams that are having to integrate players, get them all up to speed. Patrick Mahomes and his weapons are all on the same page, guys. They don't, they don't have to add guys. They don't have to go out and try and get a guy up to speed, have him working with Patrick Mahomes. Now, they can still add guys because, frankly, you know, both Demarcus Robinson and Sammy Watkins are going to be gone after this. But it allows a level of continuity that allows the Chiefs offense to be as good as they have been in the past. And frankly, if the Chiefs offense is playing well they're very difficult to beat. So retaining those guys, it really is a run it back situation on offense. Allow Patrick Mahomes to have the most comfortability that he can when the rest of the NFL is very up in the air and trying to get guys on the same page. That's it. It's just, it's another step that just shows that the chiefs really are kind of putting all their eggs in the basket of the 2020 season like they are going out they're trying to win they see a window that's already a little bit more gate than it is most years just because of the uncertainty and the ability to bring back all these guys the one-year deal here for sammy Watkins, they didn't extend him and then move some of his base salary around and signing bonus to save money that way they specifically just restructured the single season it keeps wide receiver as a need because they still lose robinson and watkins next year for 2021 but for 2020 they brought back all the weapons the offense is essentially the exact same most of the defense is the same this team is preparing to run it back this year and this crazy kind of offseason that we're looking at yeah, the continuities, you know, it's outstanding to have, you know, this kind of continuity with him. They're going to hit the ground running. Even if they don't have this offseason, they're going to hit their ground running. Sammy Watkins is a a um a skill set this team desperately needs. They need an X type receiver. Um and they've they've got him back. And you know, the carrots kind of dangled out there for Sammy Watkins too. There's not a, you know, there's not long-term, you know, certainty for him. There's a lot of incentives that he can hit. There's team-based incentives too. If the Chiefs make this, I think they make if they win the AFC or they make the AFC championship game. You know that that's that's part of it. So, um, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a good deal for the Chiefs. I like that he's back. I, I think it's I think it's pretty important that he's back. Another guy that really surprised me being back, but at a really low rate, Demarcus Robinson. Signed a uh, vet salary, a veteran benefit deal. Basically, keeps the cap hit low for him, gives him a little bit extra money, uh, and he's back in Kansas City, Maddie. This one did surprise me a little bit more. I think when I saw it come out first before the Sammy Watkins move, I thought it was because Sammy Watkins was going to be on the move. I didn't really see the reason to bring back Demarcus Robinson, but going back to what I just said, the whole run it back thing. 
Demarcus Robinson can play all the receiver positions. He knows the offense. He knows every single one of the wide receiver positions of the offense. He brings excellent blocking. He's just kind of a safety valve in case anybody gets injured. He can step in right away. He can be that third wide receiver at all the different positions right away. He is ready to play today. Again, one-year deal. They can move on from him after this year. But just, I was a little shocked to see it. But the way the whole offseason's played out, the move does make sense. I mean, they're they're paying him next to nothing. So I, it's it makes perfect sense that Demarcus Robinson and his agent would return to Kansas City because, frankly, where else is he going to go and get the kind of run that he would in Kansas City. If he's not getting big offers like that from any of these other teams, that means that they probably view him in the same role as a third wide receiver. Why wouldn't you come be a third wide receiver for a similar amount of money in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes catching the ball and Sammy Watkins, who is probably going to miss five or six games in the middle of the year, allowing you to play some wide receiver too? It's kind of surprising to me to see... um you know how like his market early like people were talking about it being seven eight nine million dollars there's some you know reports out there people are going to be surprised at how much money sammy Watkins makes well i don't know if if the situation that we're all in right now really affected that if it affected how much teams were willing to spend how aggressive teams were being you know on on multi-year deals or what is it but I mean, he he really it, it, from what the perception was early to to now, it's it's shocking. Um, and how does that affect the draft? I think that's a big question that we all have now. Well, I, what I think happens is, I think that really takes it takes you know how you navigate the board at receiver. It gives you a little bit more flexibility. You still are going to need to invest some asset, I believe, in the wide receiver position because I think Maddie said earlier, twenty twenty one, the outlook at receiver is not great. It's Tyree Kill and it's McCole Hardman basically. Maybe a Byron Pringle. You need to continue uh, to you know inject that room with talent. You need to continue to give Patrick Mahomes weapons. What I do think is potentially in play now is you can treat this year as a redshirt for a wide receiver, which I think Andy Reid tries and wants to do anyway. So what does that mean? That means there might be value on day three. That means there might be a guy like a Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. I, I, I was waiting on Craig to do that. <laughs> I knew it was coming. You, you take a guy that has day two talent, big, physical, great after the catch guy. You let him heal from his injury, you know, his injuries. He's got injury concerns. That might be why he falls day three. Grab him. Let him kind of develop over the course of the year. Utilize him a little bit. And then he's ready. And he might be able to play X for you. Yeah, I I think short of somebody like C.D. Lamb falling to thirty two, oh, I okay. Yeah, I mean I think short, me up. short of that, I don't think you're going to see a day one wide receiver, and probably you're not seeing a day two wide receiver until the very 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 end. So I do think that that frees him up a little bit more at the top of the draft. That if a guy in the pocket kind of fell to where Andy liked him. I think that they'd have to walk away from just because they have guys that can contribute. Now, go out and get talent. Like Kent said there, I still think you have to have a guy because you just don't have those other options. Get him that redshirt year. Have Andy teach him. And that's a good room to be in. We know that Sammy Watkins has done wonders for these guys. Tyreek Hill has as well. Demarcus Robinson's a heck of a teammate as well. So a lot of these guys 
are really going to help bring along young guys. And Cole Hardman seems to be you know, working hard and getting all this together as well. So this is good. So go get a guy, have him learn under all those guys and have him ready for 2021. I differ a little bit from these guys. I still think that wide receiver is very much an option, even as early as round one. Just looking at what the Chiefs have done here, I th- again, I think everything they've done so far is 100% about the 2020 season. And here's the thing. If you're running it back with the team you just had, if that's your goal, you don't technically need somebody else to step in and play because you're trying to field the same team. The pieces you've lost, some of them like a Kendall Fuller, as a Bashad Breland as of right now, you're still missing some valuable snaps that you do have to get, but you don't need anyone to step in and play right away. If you get a Justin Jefferson there at the end of round one and you love his ability, draft him maybe he only plays a couple hundred there you know 100 200 snaps this year but you just get to add another talented player to your roster next season because the chiefs are essentially having to blow up a lot of it not even blow up but they're going to add a lot of new players for 2021 regardless you can start drafting out ahead of time with all the guys they've brought back on one-year deals i think it's most likely i think pick 96 i think that is a ripe spot for whichever wide receiver or two that are falling to draft at the end of day two because this wide receiver class is loaded you find a guy that you maybe have a top 50-ish type grade on that's falling to the end of days too just because the wide receiver class is so loaded. I think that's a pick you really could see the Chiefs take a wide receiver at 96 there just to catch that last guy falling before day three. Well, the Chiefs took a uh, former wide receiver and grabbed him, put him on the roster. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, former Texas A&M Aggie, uh, was a receiver turned tight end. He is uh, he signed with the Chiefs, Maddie. What you think about him? <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a wide receiver that fell all the way into a tight end role. Um, I, I know a lot of Chiefs fans got real happy about Ricky Seals Jones. Like I get it, it's a movement in an off season that we just had. It's just I think he's competing for a roster spot, and I don't even think he's a particularly heavy favorite. He's a wide receiver. He's listed as a tight end, but he blocks like a average at best blocking wide receiver he is 100 a move tight end you can keep him as the third one on the roster if he plays special teams that way if travis kelsey gets hurt he can do a lot of the same stuff that kelsey does as a receiver but i don't think you're going to see a ton of him in a two tight end set just because he doesn't present that mismatch that even a demetrius harris or you know the top tight end twos like dallas goddard bring you're not afraid of him as a blocker you're only afraid of him as a receiver you're just going to treat him as such but he's had more production than even Demetrius Harris has as a tight end too. So by all means, you know, bring him in, let him compete for a job. Hopefully he doesn't win it out because that just means your young guys beat him. But just, I know there's a lot of excitement for him. But I just, I, I'm not seeing it with Ricky Seals-Jones. Yeah, I echo everything Maddie says and just want to put this out there. Uh, Chiefs fans that want to see these two tight end sets with Travis Kelsey, with Ricky Seals-Jones, you when you do that, the way that Andy Reid runs his offense, you are taking off a Demarcus Robinson or a McCole Hardman for Ricky Seals-Jones. You don't want to do that very often because, frankly, the Chiefs wide receivers are fantastic. The entire group is great. Get those guys on the field. Put that speed on the field. That's a much bigger mismatch than trying to get, you know, Ricky Seals-Jones on a safety. Get guys on the field that the teams have to bracket, have to double, and then have guys with speed working underneath your Damian Williams, your McCall Hardman's, and your Travis Kelsey's working the middle of the field because that's frankly going to do more damage than trying to put two move tight ends on the field, especially ones that can't block particularly well. 
I think the funny thing is if <laughs> if the Chiefs rolled that out, I'm pretty sure that they the teams would just treat it like eleven personnel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and you've got better eleven personnel. Yeah, I've seen some people compare this to Demarc uh, to Demetrius Harris, Ricky Seals Jones. It's just it. I know Demetrius Harris got a lot of hate, but like Demetrius Harris could actually block a little bit. And you know he was still athletic and and and, th- and he could you know threaten up the seam. Ricky Seals Jones is a he's a nice seam runner. He's averaged over 16 yards per catch two seasons, two different seasons. Uh, but he's got to prove himself as a blocker if he's going to make this football team. Point blank. Uh, I wanted to give you guys a quick second just to talk a little bit about your features in the guide, the Casey Draft Guide. Um, Craig, I know you talked a little bit about it last year. Why don't you tease us a little, tease a little bit about, uh, the, the cornerback athletic testing? Uh, I call it CBAT. I, I have done since 2010, I've looked at, uh, athletic testing at the combine and pro days for cornerbacks to see if there's a correlation between good testers and good producers on the field. Now, obviously film matters the most, a bad cornerback on the field even if he's a good tester, is still a bad cornerback. But time and time again, these tier one testers in my weighted formula have vastly exceeded those guys that haven't been contributors. If you're looking for a contributing corner late in the draft, you should always take these athletic tier one guys because frankly, they work out 60% of the time. The hit rate on corners overall is about 22%. So the fact that these guys are just hitting at such a high rate, and it's not just round one guys, it's all over the draft, it really needs to be taken notice of. And so I kind of did a recap of last year's draft and looked ahead at the CBAC tier one guys in this year's draft. And Maddie, I wanted to let you just have another second to kind of outline what you've learned about Steve Spagnuolo defensive ends over the last couple of years. Yeah, mine's not as cool as Craig's. I can't predict future <laughs> success with what I have going on, but I can still idolize to be like Craig. Um, so with the Steve Spagnuolo defensive end stuff, it was just when we first hired Steve Spagnuolo, I was watching his defense and I was just kind of paying attention to stuff. And we, Craig and I were watching it at Senior Bowl last year and we just kind of decided that he likes bigger, thicker defensive ends that can play the run. I went back and looked through all of his time as a defensive coordinator, head coach, at all his defensive ends he's played. I compiled all their athletic testing, their athletic profiles. It was in the draft guide last year, so you kind of got to see a preview of that if you bought the draft guide last year. But essentially, it came down to Steve Spagnola has three main criteria for defensive ends that he prefers to play. There's only 11 guys and this draft that fit all three of those criteria of guys that we have confirmed athletic testing on only 11 of them fit those three criteria that you could say are very likely to be on the chief's draft board. Conversely, there's at least 15 guys that have an athletic profile that has never played specific significant snaps for Steve Spagnuolo's defenses at any point in time in the NFL career. And some of these guys are round one type players. So it's just something to get a good idea on who the defensive ends that may be on the Chiefs draft board that they may be looking heavily at because there's a very specific type out there that he's looking for. Maddie, how about you give us one that is a fit and one that isn't real quick? Okay, no, here's a good one. This is a pretty obvious one, but uh, AJ Epinesa out of Iowa fits all three of the primary criteria. I only use him because I think he's a pick that a lot of team people, fans would be happy about getting at the end of the first round because he might be falling. And, yeah, after it, terrible it, athletic testing, AJ Epinesa, if he falls the Chiefs, he fits Steve Spagnuolo's criteria to a T. And then 
Here's the fun one. Alton Robinson, I know a lot of Chiefs fans like him, and his play style even comes close to what we're looking for, but he just misses two of the primary criteria, and he barely makes the third. Steve Spagnuolo has never played a guy that has missed two of his three criteria or drafted him. So Alton Robinson, I would be highly surprised if they took him. All right, that is going to do it for this week's ep- or the Monday episode of the AP Lab. We'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, check out the KC Draft Guide, gum.co slash KC Draft Guide 2020. It's out. We're excited. We'll catch you later.